0: It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. It's presented by CarParts.com. I'm telling you, man, these guys are on a mission to deliver you and us the right part, the right price, and they get drivers back on the road, which is obviously the most important thing when you're out there searching for car parts. So, carparts.com, check them out. My man Bird, I'm fired up today, bro. You know why? Why? Cause man, I won't say how old I am. I'm like, I'm like 30. Now I'm like 20 with 30 years experience um but look, <laughs> man I, I literally I have been dying to get into the uh 2 jz game for a long time No, you have not it, bro you know this um and it's it's really cool because just a a few car flips away I landed uh a, a really cool 2 jz platform the first guy I thought about was was this nuthead I met a long time ago and he showed up at these drag races bro. With street driven, ungodly fast Supras. Out of all things, Toyota Supras, bro, rolling there smashing fools, like gangster style with money, wads of cash, tons of attitude, bro. It was nuts. So I got to uh I got to watch and witness all that go down. And you know, to this day, when you think induction performance, which is his company, you think all the crazy events they hold down in, in Braden and uh, at his, his racetrack. And, you know, just Victor and what he's done. Victor Alvarez's name, he's got a big Facebook following. You guys have probably, you know, known about him. He's, uh, he's going to let us peel back a couple curtains on that 2JZ setup. Because yeah. I'm telling you, man, it's magic. It's voodoo, bro. There's so many myths and rumors and speculations about that particular, you know, setup. It's crazy. I'm surprised to hear you say that because, you know,
1: out of respect, you know, I'm all about the 2JZ, right? I mean, it will flat out, you know, fly. It'll embarrass the heck out of you if you're not careful, man. You got to watch out what's in the next lane and what they got packing in there. But you got to respect that thing. But, you know, you're (sighs) such a big inch motor guy. You're such a big V8 guy, big block guy. You know, I wouldn't have thought that you'd kind of be... You know, want to well, tease around a little bit with that
0: thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, that's an actual fact, man. But one, one of my real good friends, I used to run around r- all the time in the uh, in the streetcar days, and. You know, racing on the street out here was a cat that had a really nasty, ungodly fast Toyota Supra. And I learned really quick, man, you had to respect that car because it would clean your clock before you gave it time to, you know, before you sit, you're sitting, literally sitting there at the line. I've seen it just launch hard as hell, straight get down and, you know, put a bus link or three on somebody before they even realize how bad they're going to get beat at the stripe. Like those cars run hard.
1: Well, you know, you talk about like, you know, you're kind of questioning like, dude, a Supra? What? What are you bringing a Supra? You know, one of our previous podcasts, we were just talking about, you know, the advent of all this boost availability in the aftermarket has been able to take all kinds of different cars. It didn't have to be a big block car anymore. It didn't have to be a, you know, punched out small block car anymore to go fast. Now you can take, right? Golf, GTIs and all kinds of things. And with, you know, the availability of, you know, high boost, if the engine can take it, uh, all kinds of vehicles could be fast as heck and that 2JZ man, as far as that platform, God dang, it's so solid. You can just boost the snot out of it. It flows and it'll make some nasty horsepower and, and damn if it doesn't already come with twin turbos in certain applications. So you're, you're already halfway there to a point until you want to really wick it up and you got to upgrade the size.
2: Well.
0: Of it. And that's why we're going to have Victor on because the man is, he's the magician behind a he's Oz behind the curtain when it comes to those setups. And, you know, not to mention so many other cars out there uh, that are just flying. And I love to see it, man. I've always been a guy that has literally had mad respect for my brethren. Uh, on the import side, because I, I've always done a lot of road course racing, and out there, you know, you gotta, you have to respect them as well. They're always competitors. And I love the fact that you know the guys would be in, up in the pits, changing axles. You know, they'd be wrenching just as hard as any old schooler would. You know, given any you know race night scenario. So there's a lot of respect there, man. And I just learned just from being on the street how fast those things were and how nasty you could throw just a little bit of timing at them, throw a lot of boost, like you said, a lot of fuel, and God, those things will make power and make a fool out of you on an on a, on a internet video in a heartbeat. <laughs> well, it's interesting, uh, you know, from an i6 just engine itself,
1: they've always kind of been, you know, nipping at the heels of the V8 over the years, right? I mean, BMW is big famous for sure. having a lot of i6s back in the day, uh, and they weren't nasty, you know, a couple hundred horsepower, and they were really known for being, you know, inherently balanced, so they're really smooth, you know. Uh, And you can make them damn, damn quick and really good NA. Uh, But who would have known, you know, kind of nipping at the heels of the V8 that uh, under boost, damn, do they wake up. They are very happy under boost. And and I'll tell you, uh, one of the reasons why they're so happy with boost, V6s are the same way. It's the firing order. Uh, You put that turbo on that exhaust, right? And all of a sudden, essentially, it's a big cork on the exhaust. So you're backing up a lot of back pressure up into that cylinder and... Uh, The the six-cylinder, whether it's V6 or I6, is great because you've got a 270-degree duration, the crank spinning, uh, between exhaust pulses, and it's just enough time when you've got one cylinder pushing all its exhaust out, spooling that turbo up, creating a lot of back pressure. Well, that back pressure kind of winds itself down, it leaks to the turbo before the next one comes on, so you're not shoving one exhaust into another cylinder right and robbing it like you would do maybe on an i4, on a V8, so efficiency wise, a six cylinder is so happy with turbos, man.
0: Yeah, and you know, one of the magical things about that that inline six is you know, you look at the rotating assembly, you got the, you know, the first three pistons rotating opposite of the next three and that makes the balancing of it so easy and that makes RPMs and staying up in those RPMs really doable without all those harmonics and vibrations you get and it just it is a it is a perfect sort of uh, perfect storm to make a lot of power you kind of said it
1: purr yeah (laughs) you know when you don't boost them up they purr yes indeed and then they growl and
0: they sound
2: damn good doing it too
0: (laughs) yes they do that's our man right there Victor Alvarez we're going to talk with him next on the Two Guys Garage podcast with Kevin Bird and Willie B hang on It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. It is presented by CarParts.com. It's the smartest way, y'all, to find everything you need for your vehicle's replacement, collision, maintenance, and repair part needs. Bam, drop right to your door. Boom. Yeah, they <laughs> make it so easy. You just get
1: on online, man, get the selector, enter your make a model, boom, pick out your
0: parts, little click, and, man, it's at your door. And incredible prices. You can't beat the prices, yeah. man. You got to check them out. Straight up. Answer the door in your PJs, walk out to your shop and get it done. <laughs> mm. In your PJs? Are you working in the shop in your PJs? But you never see my PJs. I could work in them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> They're Carhartts. You got Carhartt PJs. Hell yeah. That's what I'm talking about.
0: Uh, all right, here it is Victor Alvarez, the man behind. I tell you, this company is, is not only cool. When I first saw this guy, It was really cool. You know, Induction Performance was one of those companies that you heard about. You knew what kind of they were, you know, what demographic they were serving. But wow, to watch that company expand and just literally grow into everything and anything. The applications are unreal. Uh, If you don't follow him on social media, you should. This man has got his hand on the pulse of all things racing down on the south side of the world. And uh, we're glad to have him. Victor, welcome to the Two Guys Garage podcast, my man.
2: Thank you for having me, guys. Excited to be here! Yeah, right on. Talk about car stuff. My favorite.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Hey, well, tell us a little bit about your company, man. What you did to get this thing off and running? Uh, It's called Induction Performance, and a lot of people know you as the the place to go if they got a two JZ or anything wild that they want to, you know, build some massive power with.
2: So yeah, I uh, I actually grew up. Um, well, growing up, my dad was into Supras. And at that time, it wasn't even the 2JZ, it was a 7MGTE. And um, that progressed, he had a shop, worked on Supras, and I was just a gearhead. Like I was always at a shop, always into the cars and whatever. And then right when he started to get out of it, the 2JZ started to come around. Um, And then at that time, I was was working at a shop that my dad and my uncle had. Um, And then I went and worked uh, at my own shop. And I started playing with 2JZ stuff at night. So, like, during the day, I was doing the breaks and the oil changes, whatever I could. And then at night, I was, if you had a 2JZ, bring it by, let's go. Uh, I met a really good tuner um, named Alpha, who was really well-known down here. Um, and uh, we started doing a lot of stuff together. And we were like, yo, man, why don't we just, let's just do this. So, we got together and we opened a shop. And uh, that was 10 years ago, actually in March. 10 years ago, March makes our 10-year anniversary uh we got together we started doing it together we started building cars tuning cars um started selling parts and it kind of just took off i mean at first it started as we were you know we just were really good with the 2jz we were really like good with the platform we knew it very well i grew up in it um and it was really just we like to race you know that was that was all all we're we're just two (laughs) young kids just trying to race
0: welcome to the club welcome to the club
2: Bro, you guys, you guys gotta understand, Victor. When
0: he says he loves to race, <laughs> you, hey, this cat was one of those guys that even as far away in Colorado, uh, you know, you hear about some of the annex and street racing that this guy is doing and uh, or has done. And it's look, you come, you come with a reputation, man. And back <laughs> in the day, uh, that was hard earned. It's uh, yeah. it's easier to earn that now, but back in the day, you had to, you had to turn a wrench you had to know what you were doing and it was harder to
2: come by there was no social media back then like you didn't yeah if you if you were making noise and it was crossing state lines you were you were doing something right yeah. and um i just you know I, I i came around i grew up around a lot of guys that were like big into it like you know if you were into import racing back in the day like i grew up watching like craig paisley and Vinny 10 and steph papadakis like my dad was friends with all those guys so like that's what i grew up in and um you know, all I wanted to do was just have the crumbs of like what they were doing. And uh, it just, I just stuck with it and that happened.
0: Papadakis went on, that, that cat went on and, and was a rider for Road and Track and stuff, man. Yeah, it he's done like, all uh, kinds of
2: stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was a
0: big part. I, I've, I've seen his breakdown before on the 2JZ. Yeah. So, yeah, man, I, I know his love for it. And I know, uh, man, you cut your teeth in that world. So, well,
1: Victor went after the crumbs. He went after the crumbs and they yeah. tasted so good. He's eating the whole damn muffin now. <laughs> it's like, just keep going,
2: gobble gobble. Let me it. Sometimes yeah. it's just like that. You just gotta do what you gotta do. You get a yeah. taste
0: for it when you're hungry. You gonna know, uh-huh. you, eat. Yeah, well, sure. let's talk a little bit about that platform. What, in your mind, makes it so great? If anybody is listening and they've heard, you know, obviously about the reputation of that particular, you know, platform, what makes it great? And where do they go find it? Where do they get their hands on it?
2: Well, so. Really, what makes the 2JZ so great? And like, I mean, we're talking. Let, let's let's start with this. It's 2021, and we're talking about an engine that was released in 1994, <laughs> and we're talking about it, and it's still extremely relevant. Um, and and what it, what what started that engine out so strong was how how good the engine was in factory form. Like, you can make in the 90s, you can make a thousand horsepower in the late 90s with a completely stock engine, and people were like. What? That's crazy. Yeah. It's legendary. That is why that engine took off. And it still does. Like, people import those engines like crazy. They put them in anything that they can, RX-7s. I mean, we put one in a Camaro. If you're on YouTube, you see uh, <laughs> Super <laughs> yeah. Boghetti. We put a 2 yeah. in a Camaro, and the thing goes 7s. Um, it's a very inexpensive, really robust, strong, just badass engine.
1: So there's you a lot of things about an I we were talking about earlier. Uh, that kind of inherently make them good. Uh, so, like, if we take, again, an I6 versus a V, whether it's a V8 or a V6, uh, right? Because now you got the engine all in one, you know, in line. You've got seven main bearings instead of four, you yep. know, on a V6, yep. right? So now you're spreading the load out on the crank. And then the crank pins, you know, where the rods go, they're not – one pin isn't trying to share two rods, two cylinders. And on a, a V6, to get the firing order right, you actually have to take the pin – Right, that the rods are connected to, and split them like a V8. They're on the same, you know, pin. It just looks like a really wide pin. You put a rod on either side, but a V6, you got to split that sucker so it's barely connected. So you're inherently making uh, a V6 crank super weak. Uh, So you know, there's some things that are inherently tough. You know, more beefy on an I6, but you know, I'm kind of wondering, Victor, do you have any idea? Like, did they overbuild that I6 in the begin in the beginning, anyways? For any particular reason, like for truck applications or something like that, or
2: well, so in the in the like when the start of the two JZ is the one JZ. So when a lot of people don't give that engine any credit, but in the early early nineties, the Mark III Supra would come with a one JZ engine, and a lot of other Japanese cars. So the one JZ is a two point five liter inline six engine, and it was pretty good. It had its issues, but it was a great engine. It was it came. It was available twin turbo. They made great power, um, but they lacked a ton of torque. They were really lazy, and they had a bunch of little issues. The 2JZ, they really just fixed all those issues, um, and it was designed with Yamaha. Uh, it's Like you mentioned, it has seven main caps on a six-cylinder engine, so it makes the block really, really strong. The cranks don't flex. Uh, they went from a 2.5 liter to a 3 liter. They put bigger head studs because they knew from the 7 m GTE that the smaller head studs would give head gasket issues, and they came with... A factory metal head gasket, as opposed to the just you know standard head gasket. So like they just learned all these things from the seven MGT and the one JZ, and you could tell that in that time the performance stuff was like they were very passionate about it, um, and they paid attention. Where like not to discredit anyone, but now you don't see that as much in the man in like the auto, autom- you know the manufacturers like on a manufacturers level, you don't see uh, manufacturers seeing like oh man these engines like people are taking them. And they're making a lot of power and they're having head gasket issues. You don't really see that anymore. But I feel like there was we were much more connected with the manufacturers back then because from the 7M came the 1JZ, and then from the 1JZ came the 2J Z, and it was absolutely overbuilt. I don't think they had any idea that it was going to be as big as it is and as strong as it was. I mean, like I said, you can make a thousand horsepower on a in a completely stock, untouched motor, and you still can to this day. We still do it. It's insane. Yeah.
0: Without blowing the bottom of it up, without you know touching the bottom end, you can slap, you can sneeze on that thing and it make it make a thousand horsepower, and that's what that's why people love them overbuilt man it, by design. Yeah.
2: And then there's so much support ah. for them too. You could buy there's not a thing you couldn't buy. Like uh, I would say that the 2JZ is probably the engine that really pushed the envelope for the imports and made it where we have these really cool websites. And like you know there's there was no there's no Summit or jags or anything like that for import guys Um, but the 2JZ platform really made it so that a lot of big manufacturers started getting into it and a lot of stuff became available and it really paved the way for all of these engines the new VR38s the GTRs come with the 4G63s in my opinion the 2JZ paved the way for all of that and everybody was just trying to play catch up with that Um, and most of the time still today when you see like really innovative or cool performance parts for the import stuff they Always come out with it first for a 2JZ and they test it on a 2JZ and then you see it for all those other platforms. Mm. <laughs> That's just how it is, <laughs> right on, right
0: on. Uh, so hey, let, let me ask you, man, knowing that application and, and there's you know still in such a big demand, uh, and out there, wh- where do people go harvest them? I, I got fortunate, man, I found one in a Lexus in like a 90 95 Lexus, you know, mm-hmm. SC 300, and I was like, school. It's like a you know, it's like a, a dressy version of a Supra. Uh, they're still available. They're still out there.
2: They're uh, they're they are getting harder to get, and they are getting a little more expensive because a lot of them are imported. So with everything going on, it's a, they've gone up a little bit in price. Um, but there's a ton of JDM importers that bring these engines in um, and sell them like long blocks, like head to, you know, head to toe, has everything on it. You can just drop it in a car, small modifications and go. Um, shameless plug. We sell a lot of 2JZ engines. We build a lot of 2JZ engines. Um, Most of the stuff, we don't sell any stock stuff. (laughs)
0: Talk to us about that, because this is where you really cut your teeth, man. You could go in back in the day when nobody else is doing it, and this is where if you go Google and read his story and, and understand some street racing stories about him, one of the only places in the country you could walk in, swipe a credit card, cause like a fast <laughs> It's like the speed shop they went to, and roll out with a well built, badass thousand plus horsepower two JZ. Yes, you know, and, and he would do it like that. And yeah. so
2: we've been doing it like that for a while, and we've we've developed it so induction performance you know again so it started off we wanted to race so one of the things we learned when we wanted to race is a you're going to break stuff and b you always have to be working on your stuff if you want to be faster than the people you're racing everybody's working on their stuff 24 7 if you think you have an idea somebody has an idea too or they're trying the same thing so you're always working on your stuff so one of the things that we learned from that is to always kind of have stuff readily available so like at any moment we'll have 10 or 15 engines being built or ready to go. So you can come in, like you said, swipe your credit card, go on our website and and order an engine. And we can send you a turnkey engine that will support 12 or 1500 horsepower that you could drive from New York to Florida, like without any issue. Um, So that was really why we got to the point where we had to, we started stocking a lot of stuff and that kind of separated us from a lot of people. We have a really, really good engine program. And we, Oh, I mean, we probably, I would I would venture to say we probably build more 2JZ engines than anyone else. You know, we do probably a yeah. hundred of them a year, um, and we're always wow. developing parts. We have our own, uh, you know, piston part number with diamond pistons. Like we have all a lot of our own, you know, stuff that that we've learned over the years that we make available to the public, and we do the testing for you.
0: Yeah, proprietary for induction performance. This is why I was really, you know, ecstatic to get him on because. I, I don't know a, a guy that has invested so much time, so much just research, knowledge into the game and, and what it what it causes out. You know, there's nothing like real world testing. Yeah. And if you're a street racer, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's those laying down test strikes and banging gears, man. And yeah. he has done it.
2: A lot of these companies make you do the R&D for them. So you buy up. Yeah. And they don't know. If it's going to break at 1,001 horsepower, but it's going to live at 999 horsepower, we know. We tested, uh, trust me, I've broken everything that needs to be broken. <laughs> we, we, we did all. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, we just have, you know, we, we've made these things that used to be, like, well-kept secrets, readily available for people on our website. All the parts that we use in all of our own builds. And, you know, like, we have, like, TX2Ks this weekend. We just had three cars leave. You know, one has a billet block and makes, you know, probably 1,800 wheel horsepower. And, it, you know, like all that guy had to do was pick up the phone and say, this is what I want to do. You know, can you do it? And yeah, we can't because we've done it already. We've done it a few times and we've, we've learned it. So a lot of companies, you know, will do it for cheaper or, oh, I could do it too. It's not that hard. Everybody, you know, all the same parts are available. No, that's not the case. And a lot of these things, it's not, and a lot of applications, it's not the case. And, you know, we just make... All of the R&D that we've done readily available for everyone else.
1: So you said the thing, you know, it's it's stoutest help from the factory. But when you're starting to push 1800 rear horsepower, what are some of the things? Now you said billet blocks, so maybe we would take a step back. Uh, you know, where are the tipping points? You know, from a stock, you know, how hard can you push them? You're kind of saying like a thousand. Uh, you know, and then kind of what's the next tipping point? We really got to start replacing rod, this, that, the other gasket studs. You name, you know, where are those tipping points? And maybe what we'll do is take a quick break and uh
0: start with hold it start with a forge crankshaft yeah Yeah, start with because they come with a forge crankshaft right and i believe if you want anything over like a thousand eleven hundred right all you got to do is throw some forged pistons and and a decent rod in there and and you're you're at that uh and then some but maybe i'm off we'll we'll take a break we'll come back more victor and i gotta ask you hey what other fast cars are we missing what is you got a big you know a finger on the pulse what are some other rides applications cars uh, that we're we're not thinking of right now that are stupid
2: fast. I know you know them, right? Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, <laughs> I know. There's, there's a like the streetcar stuff and just like factory cars from the factory have gotten so insane. So like Nissan GTRs, um, the Audi R8. Make, hey,
0: make it make a list of your top five. We'll come back and find out All what right. they are. Top Got five nasty like you know car next doors that are straight you know. put Bus gaps on you, all right. right. Take take you to Gapplebee's. All right, it's the Two Guys Garage Podcast with Kevin Bird, Willie B. Back after the break. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird, I am Willie B. It is presented by carparts.com. Straight up, the easiest way to get car parts. And look, we all have done this. We've all gone to the car parts place, order up. The guy says it's in the warehouse. You got to come back tomorrow and get it only to go there, pick up the part, get it home, open the box, compare it with the part that you removed, and it's not the same part. Oh, man.
1: Been there, done that, man. This way you get to pick your own part. You get to click the button, and it shows up exactly what you asked for at up to half the savings. Yeah. right. Half the savings of going to a dealership
0: or your local auto parts save all that hassle, man. Great way to go. There you go carparts.com we're speaking with Victor Alvarez he is the man go google this site check it out induction performance honest to god man back uh back when a lot of people weren't paying a lot of attention to Supras and some of these other cars that are just laying down the law in certain towns now and when it comes to real street racers i'm not talking about the guys like you know i've got one car it's got, you know, a big monster 582 big black Chevy in it with a big FX3, you know, pro charger. You know, it makes, you know, 3,000 horsepower. Yeah, and, and I claim to race that on the street. Well, you know what I mean. Um, but that's not a real street racer. It's the guys that drive their car to work, right, can can drive it from work to the drag strip that night, run a, a low nine, right, and then drive it home and stop and get something to eat on the way there. Like, this is what Victor, and that was years ago. I'm sure they're even faster now. But that's what
2: Victor. Yeah, nine's just kind of slow now.
0: Yeah, it's crazy yeah,
2: <laughs> to drive <laughs> that, on the street.
0: <laughs> uh, you know, but dude. hey, I, I'm out in Denver, man. We're a mile high, so you know, again, we're we're fighting some of the things that you have, uh, just the luxury of of absorbing there in Florida. Uh, you know, obviously, like we've said before on this podcast used to be this that saying there's no replacement for displacement well now there is it's boost um, and man, you are absolutely throwing a lot at them. So tell us a think five cars that we're not thinking that are crazy fast nowadays uh, and B, you know, when you're thinking forged, you know internals like a forged crankshaft, you can put some power to that. And I believe those two JZs all came with a forged crankshaft. So, what's the limit on one of those applications, stock? And then when do you start throwing some new internals in the guts of it?
2: Well, so my I'm gonna start with my five cars. So, my let's hear them. Of five cars, and my list is I'm talking about cars that you could just roll up on on the street at any moment and not even know it, and just get beat up <laughs> so uh this is the watch list right here guys yeah yeah Write it, it down diving around be careful of these five cars all right so okay. audi rs3 little audi coupe with a tune and basic bolt-ons they run 10s you would never see it coming at all uh infinity q50 the they have the turbo version 3.0 turbo which is very common same thing. You could do like bolt-ons and a tune, and you have like hello eleven-second car on ninety-three octane. Um, one of my personal favorites uh, because I had one, and people always just would mistake it for a regular Jeep. But I had a Jeep Grand Cherokee Trackhawk, and that thing was insane. Oh, yeah. oh my god! Dude. People yeah. had no. I mean, I had guys. That, I took the badges off of mine, so I had guys that would pull up in like a regular Cherokee and like rev it up oh. for me and stuff, and just not even a shot. Those things are crazy. Those are
0: smashing on the street. Those things
2: are insane. But besides the fact that you're like going to live at the gas station, one of the coolest cars you could buy. Um, So obviously I would say also Nissan GTR. That's not really unsuspecting, but tremendous platform, like basic bolt ons. You can even go nines in those cars. Um, Yeah. And then honestly, just anything, any of the, the Dodge Hellcat stuff, man, people sleep on those things. Like, I have a friend of mine who just went eights with a stock engine, like just bolt-ons. So. Yeah, those cars are crazy.
0: Those cars are nasty fast, and you know, with a very few mods, those cars can straight get down. Dude. So
2: on the on the second thing on the two JZ the the two JZ platform, so those engines do come with a really good crankshaft, um, and honestly, like the crankshaft really isn't really like a weak point. Um, so in our experience, the with just Factory stuff, you know the motors are getting a little older and they're not. You know you're starting to see them with a lot of mileage and whatnot. So realistically, you can make 850 wheel horsepower before you start to have issues. Um, And when you do have issues, it's usually going to be a rod or a piston, like just a factory part. If you put a just a piston and a rod 2J together, like that's what our stage one engine is. We rate those at 1200 wheel horsepower. And if you keep the torque below like 850 foot pounds, they live there all day. And then the difference between our stage one and our stage two is the stage twos have billet main cap. So much, you know, more, much more robust, sturdy main cap. Um, they have a little bit, bit bigger of a wrist pin and a better piston, I'm um, sorry, a better uh, connecting rod and a better uh, rod bolt. And that engine we rate to 1600 horsepower and that uses a factory crankshaft, factory block. And honestly, the weak point of that engine is the block. The block will literally break or crack before Anything else will break. Man. And that's, and that's what? how much we will. 1,600 wheel horsepower is where we rate them at. <laughs> out of crazy. a
1: three liter. We're yeah. not talking about out of some big yeah. cubic yeah. inch thing, man. This is
2: three liters. It's yeah. Like half an engine. For sure. Like somebody was telling me the other day, they were bragging about, oh, man, uh, my buddy has a twin turbo R8 and it made 1,400 wheel horsepower on a stock engine. And I'm like, that's cute, but has 10 cylinders. <laughs> so when you do horsepower per yeah. hole, the 2JZ will support more horsepower than those 10 cylinders.
1: Well, yeah, think about a Corvette, like, with a 6.2, right? Yeah. This is three liters. It's less than half. So if you doubled it, right, that's 3,200 horsepower. Technically, you should get out of,
2: you know, an LS. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. And, I mean, they're they're super strong. And, honestly, so, like, you didn't used to see these blocks crack as much back in the day. And I would just attribute that to the age and the wear and, like, heat cycles and all that stuff. But, you know, some people make more than that. And, like, 1,600 is what we feel comfortable with. And, like, we had a car here, a street car. Uh, it had one of our stage two blocks in it, and it went seven sixties. It was like a legit Jeez. street car. It went seven sixties and a quarter mile at like a hundred and eighty miles an hour, roughly, and it did it for a full season. And then finally, it broke, and literally the block just a chunk of the block just broke off. The car still ran and everything. You just a chunk <laughs> of the block came off, and there was water in the in the under tray.
0: <laughs> so hey, let me ask you: Is it still a three point oh? Is it still? Or do you guys stroke him out? Or, or is that still?
2: so most of the time we do 3 liter um so we leave the factory cranking it um the really high horsepower stuff we'll do 3.2 liter um and we'll do aluminum rods there's just the the piston speed is kind of perfect on those and you can rev them really high they pick up a little bit of a little bit of spool a little bit of torque um but really like torque isn't really a big issue because in in an application like that you're turning 10 to twelve thousand RPM and you're using nitrous to spool the turbo anyway uh and then like if you do have a street car and you just all you care about is torque and spool we'll do like our stage 2 engine but with a 3.4 crankshaft from like brian crower um and that's a really nice billet crankshaft and it goes from 86 millimeter stroke to 94 millimeter stroke and you know that'll pick up like 500 rpm of spool time the turbo will just be lit you know and it makes it nice for a street car but then also now you have to fight the you know the there's something you you pick you pick up torque, but there's something that goes on. now you have to fight traction because the faster it comes on and the more torque you make, now the harder you're fighting to get traction. So it's kind of like you have to find that perfect balance of the two. Yeah,
0: it's just amazing you're dealing that with with you know for those of you that w- want to put it easy math the system gets basically 61 cubic inches per liter. So you're looking at 183 cubic inches for people that, you know, know the 347 or the, you know, 392s or this, that, or whatever. It's, it's basically 183 cubic inches going to war. Yeah, it's, a,
2: it's, it's, a, it's an impressive little thing.
0: So what kind of RPM do you turn to make those
1: kind of power numbers, and then what kind of boost kind of goes with it?
2: So RPM will just be dependent on, like, the size of the turbo, right? So if it's a humongous turbo and it spools really late, um, you you'll have to rev it further to to have a good power band and also to just get to the point where you're letting the turbo breathe and like le- letting the turbo do its thing, um, but like our three two engines like in a drag application we'll rev them as high as twelve thousand RPM. Um, twelve thousand. Yeah, but that requires like yeah. a dry sump oil system and stuff like that. If you're talking like just like if you go on our website and you buy a stage two engine and you want something that'll handle fifteen hundred horsepower with a factory oil system, factory Toyota oil pump factory toyota head gasket you can you know you can spin to 9000 rpm no issues yeah <laughs> Man.
1: all right so with that kind of 1500 range 9000 rpm what kind of boost does it take to get there
2: um depends on the turbo size but you're talking like 50 60 pounds of boost 50 60 pounds of boost okay yeah, yeah.
1: cuz that that rpm is helping you quite a bit yeah, you know but yeah, sure. you still you're still kind of way down there on displacement so yeah that's where that 50 60 pounds of boost uh, really needs to bail you out
2: yeah 50 or 60 pounds of boost on a three liter engine is probably the equivalent like you know if you're talking about a big block that's like 25 pounds on a big block you know what i mean because horse the horsepower the boost is just gonna gonna make as much horsepower as the turbo will allow you to make so just because we're running 60 pounds of boost doesn't mean we're gonna make more power with an 88 millimeter turbo let's say than a big block wood with an eighty-eight millimeter turbo. It's just taking. We just have to run it that much harder to get there. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're just trying to catch up. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, it's all about volume at that point. So, all right, man. Well, give us some other because you know before we run out of time, dude. I tell you, it goes fast, especially when you're on a topic like this. Uh, what are some other things that you guys at Induction Performance have found that makes Big power and is kind of a game changer. I know, you know, it's amazing nowadays what you can finance, but there are a lot of the you know, there's a lot of youngsters running around in these GTRs, man. I'm telling you. Some of these things are, it's ungodly, whether you want to fight them in an eighth mile, quarter mile, if you want to roll race, if you want to do a mile, I'll tell you, man, they're always, they're always right there ready to go with you. So um, is that one of the more popular sort of things you see, an in induction performance?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, we do a lot of Supras and a lot of GTRs. That's kind of like what we're known for doing. Um, and really just because they're great street cars. Like you can make 15, 16. I mean, with a GTR, you can make 2,000 horsepower without sacrificing almost anything like you still have your ac you have your power steering like this is like a full-blown street car I get in and hit the key and just drive um, pump gas e85 flex fuel like it's the technology is is unbelievable the computers the turbos like they have just developed so much that these cars are you can pretty much do what you used to you know what you would have to do in a race car which like you could have a seven second car without sacrificing much um, but we're also doing a lot of other stuff so like we do some porsche stuff um, we just tuned a new porsche 992 as well uh, we're doing a twin turbo audi r8 right now with an alpha performance package um, so it's alpha performance turbo kit um, alpha performance intake manifold fuel system with a motec ecu you know that thing with a stock engine makes 1200 wheel horsepower and it drives like it's completely stock. like if, if i just handed you the key you would get in it and you would drive and if you didn't floor it, you would have no idea. You would think it had an exhaust. Um, and that's just like what the technology has, has given us. Like you don't have to give anything up. Or back in the day, you had to, you wanted to go fast. You had to gut your car. You had to have no exhaust. Like that, those times have changed drastically. Like we can build you a car that you don't have to give anything up. It's very unsuspecting, but it's crazy fast.
1: I feel like, yeah, you know, us fast guys these days are almost turning into little ninnies. You know, because we're just sporting around our <laughs> yeah. little Lexus, yeah. you know, our little Q50 yeah. once, busting out on 11. Listen, you know, like
2: <laughs> once once you go fast with all your amenities and you're like talking on your Bluetooth with your AC on <laughs> driving on the highway and you right? smoke some dude in a Mustang, you don't want to trail or a car to the track anymore to go 11s. You just don't. No, you know, dude, when I was a kid, it was
1: all about gutting your AC <laughs> yep. to go that much faster, yeah. Yeah. you know, we like all to- those things like just sweating and. <laughs> You know, sitting on an egg carton so you could shave off a little more weight and just stripping your interior out and
2: yeah, the se- <laughs> the seven MGTE Supras. So like that was one of the engines I was first exposed to, like trying to make fast. So I remember those cars, uh, they would have they had three separate belts. So one for the power steering, one for the AC, and then one for the water pump and the fan. So like we would literally go to the track and we would yeah, like man. pull the line off of the the wastegate cut the two belts, the one for the power steering, one for the AC, and you'd pick up a little bit of time and a little bit of horsepower because, you know, you know, you're not spinning those pumps anymore. So the thing would spin a little faster. You'd probably pick up 10 or 15 horsepower and you pick up like two or three pounds of boost. But those are the kind of things that we used to do back in the day to go to the track and run 13s and 12s, where now it's like you could go buy something. You could go buy a freaking, I mean, my, my girl has a Tesla that goes 11s, you know,
1: with groceries in the trunk.
2: Yeah. You know? Yeah, for real, for <laughs> real. Yeah, yeah. So it's times have changed.
0: All right. So wait, what's what's? Tell us real fast. What's moving off the shelf? You guys have a lot different. You know, a lot more skews than what you've ever had before as a company. Uh, you're doing some stuff on the new uh the new C8 Corvette. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you're diving into. Uh, where you do you see induction performance going next?
2: Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's a that's a question I don't really have the answer to because for years we have mentally prepared to see the 2jz stuff kind of slow down and then like oh man we're gonna have to get into something else and it just hasn't happened um i mean we just we do so much 2jz stuff and people are, we're still developing products for the 2jz and people are still buying them and putting them in just about anything um but you know what's actually been really cool and i should send you one you'd probably love it uh not that I condone any kind of street racing or anything like that. Cause I don't, I'm a, I'm a retired track owner, Not with you. but uh, <laughs> we sell a lot of these draggies and essentially, I don't know if you're familiar with it. You put it in your car and you, it's an app on your phone and it measures your quarter mile, eighth mile, zero to 60, 60 to one thirty, And it is spot on. It's dead on it. Yeah. We sell tons of those things. Um, so yeah, we sell a lot of those. And we just have a lot of two J Z parts and a lot of R thirty five parts, a lot of the parts for the new Supra, the A ninety Supras as well. Um, but I mean we're I don't know where we're going next. We're just kind of going with going with the flow and just having fun doing it. Yay,
0: yeah, that you are, man. Where do people find you socially and also you just mentioned it. You're a track owner. Let me tell you, man. This cat rolled the dice, picked up a dirt nap of a facility, and turned it into one of the dirty south's nastiest, badass racetracks. <laughs> if you ever get a chance, give it a plug, man. You pulled your pulled your heart and soul into that place, man.
2: Yeah, no, I took a chance and I uh, I got lucky, and I, I've had a lot of support. It's been really good. But yeah, I own Bradenton Motorsports Park. Um, we do a lot of big events, FL2K, Snowbird, Outlaw Nationals, U.S. Street Nationals, NMRA, NMCA. Um, so I'm always there. If I'm not at the shop, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook, Induction Performance. Uh, my personal stuff is, my personal Instagram is IPVic. Um, and man, we're always doing something. So if you're not following, check us out.
0: Yeah, most definitely, man. We'll be following, man. We will Absolutely. be because, yeah. hey We'll have
2: to do another, We'll t- we'll catch up another time. We'll talk about the track and some of that stuff too. Yeah, man. I'm
0: gonna get me one of them draggies too, cause I'm not playing. I want one of those. My brother's yeah, no, got I'll, one.
2: I'll, I'll, I'll send you one. You're gonna love it. Hey,
0: they're on point. He's like, it's unbelievable yeah. how how dead nuts on there are. Send them two. Send them two. Please, <laughs> <Really, laughs> send me one. Give me we're the other
2: one. I got you. I got you guys. I got. You. I'll
0: take of <laughs> Uh, my man. All right, you guys, and don't forget about our show airing on weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Also streaming on Motor Trend On Demand, which is always a great way to find us. Thanks to our guest, which is Victor Alvarez. The company induction performance. My man, Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Our producer is Scoop and executive producer, Bob Ecker. Yeah, and don't forget to check
1: out our website, too, man. We're on twoguysgarage.com and share your thoughts with us. We're on social, we're everywhere Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Two Guys Garage. And Two Guys Garage podcast is a copyright 2021 Britain Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved.
0: Hey, because you know, I got two of them, two Jay Z's now. <laughs> And I got me a Skyline and that Lexus. Oh, that Skyline's sweet, man. Is that Ooh. is that turbo? that Skyline? Ooh. What year yeah. is it? Yeah. It's a 93. 93.
1: That's too cool, man. Jay-Z in it?
2: Yeah.
0: What? A swap? Yeah. Do they come with them? or? Yeah. It's a 2 JZ swap in it. Oh,
1: wow.
2: Oh, man. So we got to get together. I got to get you hooked up because I got to get you right. <laughs> <I> just...
0: <laughs> I... uh, we'll talk because- I can't wait we'll to talk. see. We'll I can't
1: <laughs> wait to see. Big old, big old Mopar Willie. Cruising around in his old skyline.
0: <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Hey, it's right hand Drive, dude. It's money. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, all right, look, We'll catch you guys on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. You guys take care. See you,
1: guys. Two Guys Garage podcast is produced by Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.